Welcome to the City Podcast, a ministry of Ambassadors Church in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. If you'd like more information about our church, visit our website at wearethecity.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you are blessed by today's word. Are you ready for the word this morning? Let's pray. Let's get our hearts in the right spot. Jesus, thank you so much for uh, what an amazing service we've had so far, God. Father, you have been so good to us, and this morning, as we open up your word, I ask that it would come and bring life into each and every one of our hearts. God, that we would leave here better off than when we walked in, and we just thank you for the beautiful day that you have given to us, Lord, the sun that's shining, uh, the family and friends that are sitting around us this morning. So God, would you speak to us now, for we are listening. We ask in the name of Jesus Christ, and everybody said, amen. Come on, tell your neighbor, get ready for a word. Get ready for a word. I'm going to read a couple verses for you. Uh, You don't need to turn there. This is our last part of the Faithful series. Uh, Have you enjoyed Faithful? Come on, you need to catch the rest of it on on SoundCloud or iTunes. It's on the podcast, and and so that's there. But this is our last part, and I really want you to lean in to the full measure of what God has for you. I'm reading out of Exodus chapter 32 this morning, uh, verses 1 through 4. It says, When the people saw that Moses delayed in coming down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Let us make a God who will go before us. As for this Moses, we don't even know what happened to him. Uh, And so Aaron said, take off the rings of gold that are in your ears, in the ears of your wives, your sons and your daughters. Bring all the jewelry to me. So all the people took off the rings of gold that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And all the people said together, These are our gods, O Israel, who brought us up out of the land of Egypt. Crazy story. Let's talk about it this morning. Let me pray again because we need help with this one. Jesus, help us. Amen. So, so, have you ever, I respect everybody. Come on, do you respect your neighbor? Yeah, we respect. I have particular respect for people that are good at thrift shopping. Um, now, is anybody a thrifter in the house? You like to thrift? You like to... All right, we, we, got, we got a few thrifters in the house. Now, we got like Salvation Army people, Goodwill people, Savers people. Uh, now, everybody kind of takes their pick. Now, so I, I was dropping off a bunch of bags of clothes to Goodwill this week because uh, we were doing, you know, a big clean out of closets and particularly my wife's closet. And so we were, uh, we took six bags of clothes, six huge bag, black trash bags. Of, I mean, this is crazy. So I loaded all these bags up into my car, took them to Goodwill. Um, I'm trying to crack a joke with the guy like at the donation center, trying to make conversation. The joke completely fell flat. I felt really stupid. I'm like, give me my bags back. No, I, you know, I gave, I gave him the bags and you know, and then I, I was like, okay, you know, felt good about the donation, right? Great, six bags there. And then I'm like, let me park in the front and go into Goodwill. Let me see if I can find me something that I would like to wear. You know what I mean? And so I'm going to, like, I'm a millennial, right? I was, you know, I'm, I'm a millennial. Let's thrift, you know? So, so I, I, I park, I walk into Goodwill. And I, I don't even know where to begin. So I just, you know, I just kind of stroll in through, you know, whatever. And, 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 you know, I go through like the Santa Claus mugs and, you know, you go through the uh, random, you know, f- floral cups. And then you, you, I went over to the men's section and all I find is like, you know, Ninja Turtle t-shirts. And, and uh, you don't really see. And then, you know, let me see if I can find Alini something. There's just like sweaters with like kittens on them. And like, there's nothing that I can find that's like, 
that's good. But then I have like friends who thrift and they like come and, and they're like, yeah, I bought this for 30 cents at Savers. I'm like, where? Which Savers is this at? Because all I'm finding is kitten sweaters. That's all I'm finding. And Santa Claus mugs. That's all I'm finding. And, uh, and, and so I, 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 I'm a very impatient person. I'm not going to go one piece of clothing at a time. And, and so I kind of just like did a once over glance and, and I found nothing. And plus the scent in these stores just kind of starts messing with you after three minutes. You know what I mean? It's just like when you first walk in, it just smells, you know, like, you know, rustic that you could call it. And then you stay in there a little bit longer and it, I don't know, I don't know what they do to these clothes. Like, what are they putting on them? Like, it smells like, like formaldehyde's like on them or something crazy. And so, like, it's like the preservation of things that are dead. And so, so, so that's what formaldehyde is. And so, so I'm just walking around. I'm like, I give up. You know, like, I don't need kitten sweaters and Ninja Turtle t-shirts and Santa Claus mugs. I, like, I just need to come here with a friend who knows how to thrift. I went to the furniture section. I saw, like, this little antique piece. I'm like, we could, we could do something, but I don't really have space for it. I'm trying to declutter, not reclutter. And so, so I kind of just walked out of... Of, of, of goodwill, not sad. I was just like, man, I don't have the gift of finding treasures at goodwill. Like, does, does anybody have that? Like, I know, like, Eli has the gift, right? Like, he can go and come out looking fly. I come out of there looking like a fool. Like, it's just like kitten sweater. I can't do it. And so, so the, the thing is, though, this is the, this, here, here's the sermon, is that the question is not whether goodwill, Salvation Army Savers has good stuff. The question is, do you have the eyes to perceive the patience to sort through the good things that they do have? You see, my problem is not the goodwill that I chose to go to. My problem is my patience. Can you tell your neighbor your problem is your patience? And if you're sitting next to your spouse and they're particularly impatient, tell them once again, like, your problem is your patience. Like, it's just, it's an issue, man. It's an issue. The problem is not whether they have good stuff, the problem is, am I patient enough to look for it, right? And so I, like, quick segue into the sermon now. The, the question isn't, is God faithful? The question is, have your eyes and ears been peeled to see the signs of God's faithfulness all around you? You see, God is always faithful. The problem is not, is God faithful? The problem is, are you seeing the small and large signs of God's faithfulness all around you? It's like walking into a Goodwill and saying, this store has nothing. The question is not whether the store has it. The store has it, but are you seeing and taking the time to note what is going on around you? You see, my problem is my patience. I walk into the store. I receive the aroma of the room. I start getting irritated. I see the kitten sweater, the Santa Claus mug, and the Ninja Turtle t-shirt, and I give up on the process. But you see, good things are found in between other things. And so you got to sort through in order to find. But, but God's faithfulness is even more obvious than that because even the fact that you are breathing in this room right now is a fact that God is faithful. The fact that you are 
alive and well and sitting in the uh, voted the best looking church in New England is a sign of God's faithfulness. The fact that we have free coffee after service this morning is a sign of God's faithfulness. The fact that the sun is shining and that we are in the middle of an ever expanding universe, breathing and living and having joy and laughter and eating great food is a sign of God's faithfulness. The fact that we come on a Sunday morning and we can worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is a sign of God's faithfulness. The fact that I have a roof over my head and bread on the table and a couple of dollars in the bank is a sign of God's faithfulness. Every need I have ever had, God's hands have provided because God is that faithful. It's not a question of whether God is faithful. It is a matter of are you seeing the faithfulness of God? Can you tell your neighbor God is faithful? Faithful, faithful. He's faithful. Man, it's like me at Goodwill. It's there. Let's, let's take a trip, man. Let's take a trip together. Let's go find some stuff, but, but I'll let you find it for me. God is faithful. So I come to this story in the book of Exodus that for me is one of the most annoying stories in all of the Old Testament. Because, you see, like... The party had already happened. Like, God had set the people of Israel free from Egyptian captivity. I mean, this is what they were waiting for. It's like the best day of your life has happened. Like, they have walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. They got to the other side, and they threw a massive party. A little bit less lit than City Night, but just as, just as great. And, and they threw a party on the other side, tambourines, dancing. Miriam writes a song on the spot, and the people of God are, like, slaying the fattened calf and having an amazing party because I don't believe the people of God should be boring people. I believe the people of God are called to party. If you believe that, say amen. And so so they're throwing a party because God is that good because if God is that good, then our face should show it. And so they, they are doing all of that and they are now going on their way to the promised land. Yes, this would end up taking 40 years, but they are well on their way. But it comes to a point where they need to stop in the journey and Moses is going to go up on a mountaintop uh, on Mount Sinai to receive the law from God. You see, he was surrounded by about a million people, but intimacy with God can only be done one-on-one. That's a whole sermon in one sentence. You see, he was surrounded by a million people, but intimacy with the Father can only happen one-on-one. There are some places with the Lord that not even your spouse can go in with you. So, so he takes Joshua with him, and he starts walking up the mountain, but not even Joshua could get all the way to the top of the mountain with Moses, so Joshua had to kind of stop halfway, and Moses went the rest of the way, and I want to just tell you, a lot of times, intimacy with God looks like isolation, but it's not loneliness. Intimacy with the Father looks a lot of times like isolation, but isolation is not loneliness because true spiritual transformation can can be started in groups, but it happens in private. Is this a word or is this a word? I believe that God can trigger change in a corporate, corporate collective environment like a Sunday morning. It can trigger something when you make a decision to come to an altar or lift up your hands and worship or receive the word. A process is started, but I believe that God completes the process of transformation in isolation. You and him. It's you and him. There is no prayer time like one-on-one prayer time with God. You know why? Because you can get ugly, pray, like, I don't even wear makeup, but if I did, looking like the raccoon, right? Like, that, that kind of a look of just like, 
we talked about hot mess prayers once, that kind of prayer, where it's just you and Jesus. You're over there like singing, like it's just you and God. That needs to happen in order for spiritual transformation to take place is a moment of isolation. It's just you and the Father. Even Moses needed one-on-one time with God. Even Jesus needed one-on-one time with God. The fact is that we will never grow unless we are spending one-on-one time with God. One-on-one. And so this this is happening. Moses goes up on a mountaintop. Joshua stops halfway on the mountain because not everybody can go with you into the secret place with the Father. And while all of this is happening, the people of Israel, the same ones that just came out of the spiritual praise break party, the ones that had just written the new song, like they were just celebrating all the great things that God has done. They go to Aaron, Moses' number two, the one that God had just said, Aaron's going to be your voice box, the the one that's going to speak for you on behalf of, of me, like Aaron's like the man. All these people go to Aaron and they're like, we don't know what happened to Moses. What happened to Moses? We don't know what happened to Moses. Now let's make a God for ourselves. The same people who were just in the party celebrating all that God had done are now going to Aaron and saying, we don't know what happened to Moses. Let's make another God for ourselves. This tells me two points, and I need you to stay with me on this, is that people cannot live without leadership and people cannot live without worship. People cannot live without leadership and people cannot live without worship. Everyone needs to be led. And I know like in the 21st century, everybody's doing them and you do me and you do me and all that, but everybody needs to be submitted to leadership. Everybody needs to be, all our ain't men to me today. Mom, I need you to help me. Like, everybody needs to be submitted to leadership. I'm not saying this because I'm the pastor here, like, submit to me. No, because I'm submitted to my leader. He's submitted to it. Like, we all need to be submitted to somebody. Oh, and then your husbands, don't be turning to your wife like, woman, submit. That's not what, that's not, that's not that. Because if you're saying woman, submit, you're not submitted. If you're telling her to submit, you're not, you can only be submitted to when you're submitted. Right? A man is only worth being submitted to when he's fully submitted. Because when he's submitted, he's not going to treat submission as slavery. Y'all are quiet on me this morning. Y'all are amen and kind of like half, like, I'm feeling it, but I don't want to amen all the way. Like, it, it, but we got to be submitted. You ever tried to amen, it comes out like a, yeah, like that? Have you ever amen like that? <laughs> That's what y'all are doing today. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's deep. I get it. it, ain't, it ain't, we'll, we'll get to the great part at the end. But we all got to be, people can't live without leadership. If you have a problem with leadership, that's a problem in you. It's a problem of submission. And, and I want to encourage you with this because you will experience the full measure of freedom when you are submitted to good leadership. People are saying millennials are leaving the church in droves. I'm like, that's, I think millennials are leaving bad churches in droves. Millennials aren't leaving the church in droves. They're leaving bad leadership in droves. Millennials want nothing to do with the church. Millennials want nothing to do with bad leadership. 
tired of this church. <laughs> had to use it. Had to use it. Had to. Thank you for cueing it. I wasn't ready. I didn't even think. Tired of it. If you haven't seen it, I'm not talking about us. There's this little kid that was told to give like a little testimony at church, and he gets up and he says, "I'm tired of this church." And then he hands the <laughs> mic off, and that's it. And then some church mom in the corner is like, "That's your speech." And then that's the whole video. Tired of this church. The thing is, I, did, I made the mistake of saying that in front of my nieces, who are basically repeat everything they hear. And so I said, I'm tired of this church. And so they're like, uncle's tired of this church? Like, what's going on? Uncle, what's going on? You tired of this church? Tired of, uncle said he's tired of this church. That's all we need, right? <laughs> all we need. Uncle's tired of this church. But, but man, I think, I think millennials are fed up with just like legalism. If you're walking into a place and you feel worse when you leave than when you come in, I wouldn't want to be a part of that either. There's spots I've never gone back to because I didn't like the way I felt when I went. Straight up. Some places are not even spiritual places. Some stores. I'm like, yeah, you ain't coming back here. That's the way I felt when I walked out of Goodwill. Yeah, not me. Not for me. Can't deal with this formaldehyde. Like, it's just you, you walk out and you're just like, I can't do it. But man, when you have good leadership, people thrive. People want to come because they walk out feeling better than when they came in. And you don't need to believe in like the triune God and the doctrine of justification the first time you show up. I don't need you to be like, oh, well, the fruits of the spirit and Leviticus 9. Like, man, I just need you to feel like you belong here. And the rest of the stuff will fall in line when God wants it to fall in line. Like, we're expecting people to be like the next Billy Graham on their first visit. When I say we, I'm saying collective global church we, not ambassadors church we. Like, it's like, man, like, we got to just, so we got to be submitted. We got to be submitted. Good leadership is worth submitting to. Because when people see that there's a vision that's leading something, they're going to want to jump onto it. But when there's no, there's no leadership, we're just kind of like, well, it's just hot mess shirt. Let's see what songs we sing today. Like, well, let's, let's just flip open the word and Lord, give us a word. Like, that's not leadership. That's not vision. Like, well, let's just go back to John 3, 16, the good old one. Like, nah, we, can't, we can't do that. Psalm 23, Lord's my shot. Like, we can't. I don't know why this is a southern voice, but, but uh, like, we just can't do it. Good leadership is worth submitting to. We got to be submitted. So people can't live without leadership. So leadership is not the devil. Leadership is good. Leadership is good. And good leadership is great. Man, I'm I'm grateful for my leader, my dad, who, who, man, like, I have the best job in the world. You know why? Because my dad loves me. My boss unconditionally loves me. That means if I come into this church and I'm like, I'm over here on a Monday painting the ceilings black, right? Like, I'm just painting it. I'm not going to do it. Everybody relax. All the elders, calm down. not doing it. But, but, like, I know that there's a love relationship that I can be submitted to. And, and I want to encourage you with this for the millennials, young people in the room, older people. If you consider Alini and I part of your pastoral you know, life, like, man, we love you. We love you. We don't want to see you, like, snuffed out. We want to see you grow. Because I've been to submitted to that kind of leadership, and I want to be that kind of a leader. Where people don't come into our sphere, and they're like, man, Shane and Lena are just trying to take people out. They're just trying to like, because there's some leadership that just is out to take people out. Because they're threatened by other people's growth. 
You know what good leadership is? When everybody else can shine brighter than you, and you're still cool with it. Because you know what? That's good leadership. Good leadership doesn't need attention. Good leadership doesn't need a thank you card. Good leadership doesn't need to be applauded. Good leadership is just good leadership. And people can't live without leadership, but people can't live without worship. And so they didn't see Moses for like two days, and they're like, oh, Moses is gone. we got to find ourselves another God. This is crazy. Did you know all of us are worshiping all the time? Everybody on the face of the planet is worshiping all the time because people can't live without worship. Now, what we put in the place of worship and what receives our worship changes because that's, that's what happens when idolatry happens. When we put something that's not God in a position of worship, that's idolatry. And so the people are like, Moses is gone. He's not coming back, apparently. We don't know what God did to him up there on the mountaintop. Let's make ourselves another God. So Aaron, this is, I'm not even mad at the people. I'm mad at Aaron. But you know what? Then Aaron's me. And then I'm like, I'm convicted because I'm like, I'd be Aaron. <laughs> but they, Aaron's like, you know what? You're right. <coughs> Moses, number two. He's like, bring me all your jewelry. All the earrings off of your wives, all the bracelets, all the necklaces. Bring it to me. He melts it. Molds it into a golden calf. Places it before the people. And the people start singing a new song. This is the God who brought us out of Egypt. People ain't loyal. That's point number three this morning. People not are not loyal. People ain't loyal. Aaron wasn't loyal. The people weren't loyal. If Aaron wasn't loyal, ain't nobody going to be loyal. Don't be surprised. When people are not loyal. The way to combat that is not to become a skeptic and say nobody's loyal. The way to combat that is for you to be loyal. Because a lot of times we fall into cynicism. Cynicism says nobody's loyal. And I know that was point number three of this sermon. But flip that. And instead of that being the mantra of your life, nobody's loyal, you said in your heart that you were going to be fiercely loyal. Fiercely loyal. That your yes will be yes, that your no will be no, that you will have each other's back even when the other person's not in the room. Man, I'm just like, Aaron, what happened? What happened to you, Aaron? Like the people came to you. Because have you ever noticed people switch up with pressure? That's what they call peer pressure is, uh, is, is like, when everybody's saying something, even if you know it's foolishness, it's like the old adage of like, everyone's raising their hand for something that everyone, that even the person who knows it's not true, like they're saying it's all true. This one person in the room says, is like, well, I don't think it is. And then, and then all of a sudden that person's also raising their hand. Wait, you know what you know. Like, why are you changing? It's because everybody else's hand is raised. That's what I'm asking Aaron. Like, hold on. Like, what? What happened? Moses, you're, you're like Moses is number two. Like, you're the dude who should be like in charge when Moses is not here. And all of a sudden, you're switching up. Man, if Aaron can change, anybody can change. 
And so he molds the golden calf. The people are now worshiping this golden calf. I mean, this is crazy. This is wild. And then God tells Moses, like, they're still up on the mountaintop in their moment of isolation and intimacy. And God's like, yeah, Moses, your people have, like, switched up on me. They are now worshiping a golden calf, saying, this is our God. So Moses walks down the mountain hot, like, heated, like, in terms of biblical anger, this is like, this is it. He walks down. He starts hearing everybody singing. And Joshua, the one that went with him, meets him halfway. And Joshua's like, yeah, I hear singing. And that don't sound like worship. They walk a little bit further down. All the people of Israel and Aaron in the middle of it are all dancing around this golden calf made out of their own jewelry. And Moses Fresh with his, like, Ten Commandments, new tablets, like, fresh. (laughs) Cut from the hands of God tablets. He throws down the tablets, smashing them into a million pieces. Gets so angry at everybody. He grabs the golden calf, burns it, grinds it up into, like, a powder, puts it in their drinking water supply, and makes everybody drink it. Then, once they've all drunk the calf, he goes over to Moses, I mean Aaron, and says, Aaron, what did they do to you? Have you ever had a friend? Have you, have you ever been that friend? Such like you're not judging your neighbor. Self-condemnation. Have you ever been that person who, what happened? You've hung out with them for two days. Now you don't know me? I don't have time. It's 10.15. But that's the, the rest of that sermon was just preached in your heart because Aaron switched up. Aaron's apparently very high maintenance. If Aaron needs Moses to keep him on track... Let me talk about friendship one more time. If your friends need you to be checking in every two seconds in order for y'all to stay friends, y'all ain't friends. So Moses is like, Aaron, what happened? And Aaron, <laughs> Aaron says this. This is great. I love this part about Aaron. Aaron's like, well, let me, let me read. He's like, look, they gave me their jewelry and out came this calf. <laughs> He commanded them to bring the jewelry. He burned it. He molded it. He set it up. But out came this calf. I wrote this down. I didn't Google this. The Spirit gave me this. Lack of character will be displayed the clearest against the backdrop of bad excuses. Lack of character will be displayed the clearest against the backdrop of bad excuses. If you can't own up, the decisions that you've made, that's a sign of a lack of character. Because character will say, I messed up. Character has nothing to do with whether the golden calf was made. I mean, that's just like, that's just sin. Lack of character will say, yep, I made the calf. I, I formed it, like, pretty proud of it. Looks pretty good. That's character. <laughs> what do you think? Looked pretty great, right? I could have done the ear a little bit different, but it looks, that's character. I'd rather Aaron say, yep, I made it. I signed it, like, I'd rather him say that than say, 
out came this calf. Can I encourage you, ambassadors? Own up to what you've done. Own up to what you've said. I'm not saying this as a condemner. I'm saying this as a life giver. Own up to it. Because people will be more likely to give you a second chance for you saying, I messed up, than for you trying to, well, well I, I meant to, but then I didn't. I, ha- like, I, I wanted to defend you, but then everybody was just like talking so loud. And then like, I just couldn't get a word in. And so I, just kinda, I kind of just agreed. Because like, y'all ain't even in me. I guess the shoe fits. Aaron, what happened to you? So then, if I were Moses, I'd be like, all right, who do I handle first? Who would you handle first? Aaron? Yeah, I agree. So we handle Aaron, but Moses is like, okay. By the way, Old Testament, a bunch of people died. You can already expect that. It's like whenever anything that God didn't like happened, a bunch of people died. Thank God we were born today, right? And so a bunch of people died. Aaron, Moses is all upset. Moses is still hot. He goes to bed because I think some of the best things you can do when you're angry is just kind of wait till the next day because your mind's clearer. You're not ready to kill everybody the next day. Like you've had some hours to sleep it, sleep it off, right? Come on. Has anybody ever, with spouses, let's just talk spouses. Have you ever noticed like when you give the fight a rest, you start looking back on your fight and like, what are we fighting about? And then you're, I guess it's just me and Alini, I guess. And so, <laughs> but when you just give it time, things simmer. And Moses simmered a bit. And then the next day, he says to the people, he gathers everybody that's still alive, the people that made it. And he says, I'm going to go back up to God. And perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. You know what Moses is facing? The pain of betrayal. The pain of betrayal. And you might be sitting here like, what does this have to do with faithfulness, Shane? Faithfulness, the faithfulness of God is that Moses had confidence that if he approached God again, God, who is abounding in mercy, steadfast in his love, would show grace to these people who had betrayed God. So Moses goes back up talks to God again because the people couldn't all go up to the mountaintop and and say all right God we messed up the people needed a representative somebody that was part of them but didn't partake in what they had done the people needed a representative that could go up to the mountaintop and make a case on behalf of the people that did not know what they had done the people The ones that had uh, set up this golden calf, they couldn't all go to God because if they had all gone to God, the rest of them would have died. God would have struck them down in a moment's notice. So they needed somebody that was a part of them that could approach God on behalf of them in order to make atonement for their sin. And guess what? God had not changed his mind about his people even when his people had changed their mind about him. 
The faithfulness of God is written all over this story. It's seen in the pain of betrayal. It's seen in the pain of, 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 of people that had changed up. And it's seen in, in a moment where Moses is faced with the fact that he had been called to lead this people, but there was clearly a moral failure on behalf of all of them. But still, in the middle of sin, God remained faithful. And Moses is perhaps turned into a certainty through Jesus. Because you see, the perhaps of Moses perhaps we can go to God and receive atonement was something that Jesus came and undid. There was no perhaps when it came to Jesus. Jesus said, certainly I will go back up to the Father and make atonement for these that know not what they do. You see, the story of Moses is the story of Jesus. We needed a representative. We needed somebody who was part of us but did not partake in what we had done that could go back to the Father and say they know not what they have done and make a sacrifice, but this sacrifice would not be the blood of an animal. This blood would be the blood of the perfect Lamb of God that would take away the sin of not just the Jewish people, but would take away the sin of the world. So you're like, what is this message about? It's about faithfulness. It's about the fact that God gave us a way to be saved. And that is the deepest, most theological, most doctrinal, most profound part of God, is that he made a way for me to be saved when I was not worthy of his salvation. He made a way for me to be loved when I was not worthy of love. He gave me grace when I was standing in front of a golden calf. You see, the story of the Jewish people is the story of the world. That is the story of us. But thanks be to God that the perhaps of Moses turned into the certainty of Jesus, that he was able to save me even when I was unworthy. The greatest sign of God's faithfulness to you is the fact that we can be saved in the name of Jesus Christ. Faithfulness is not the absence of problems. Faithfulness is the blood of Jesus. God is eternally faithful, and he proved that to humanity once and for all on Calvary's cross. When you walk through goodwill... And you see the kitten sweaters and the Ninja Turtle t-shirts and the Santa Claus mugs. I, I went through that store and I'm like, behind every one of these items in this store, there's a story. These cups were used at family gatherings. These t-shirts were worn to birthday parties. And I don't know where they wore the kitten sweater. <laughs> but every piece of clothing in there didn't come straight from a factory. It came from a home. When I dropped off six bags of clothes and... Those are clothes that we've worn to church, and those are clothes that we've worn to your house, and those are items of clothing that we've sat at your table with, and those are pieces of clothing that we've gone out on dates with, and behind every piece of clothing, there's a story. And I think of that when it comes to the church. When you come into a place like this, and you look at every face, there's a sign of God's faithfulness. Because behind every person... There's a story. Behind every face, behind every name, there is a sign that God is eternally faithful. So the question is not, is God faithful? The proclamation is, God is faithful. And we see the signs of his faithfulness all around us this morning. I joke that we're sitting in the best looking church in New England. But I really believe that we are a community that is blessed beyond belief. 
with stories and faces and names from tribes and tongues, nations and cultures. And together we come under the banner of one name. And that name is Jesus, the one who died so that I could live. You see, I should have been the one struck down and destroyed from my idolatry and my unbelief. But perhaps God would make a way turned into certainly God did make a way. And that is through the cross of Jesus Christ. This morning, the best sermon I could ever preach is about the cross of Jesus. It's a gospel message that this love and this grace is for everybody who would call upon the name of the Lord. I don't think you need to jump through religious hoops to make it. I don't think you need to know every doctrinal position of the church in order to make it. I just think if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved this morning and he will give you a new life and he will give you a new identity and he will set you on a new course. The former things will pass away and God will make all things new. This morning, this is the story of all of us. And this can be your story. This can be our story. That we once were dead, but now we are alive. We once were lost, but now we are found. We once were condemned, but now we have been set free. We were once worshiping the God that we could see. But today, I lift up my eyes and my hands to a God I don't see, but yet I believe that he sits on the throne. And he is in control of all things that my God has made me. He saved me. Today, he sustains me. And one day, he will take me into glory. If you believe that could you shout amen Amen. hallelujah could you stand with me this morning i want to pray for you i want to seal this word on our heart